Welcome to episode 19 of the Farfish Software Podcast. Today we're lucky enough to be joined by Mr. Gavin Bell. Gavin is the UK's leading Facebook ads consultant, Scottish vlogger and keynote speaker, and he's absolutely fantastic at what he does. He's very kindly agreed to join us today to have a little chat about Facebook advertising, and specifically how it can be used in the recruitment sector. He's going to share some actionable insights, including, but not limited to, how recruiters can laser focus their Facebook campaigns to find the perfect candidate, where businesses are currently going wrong with Facebook, and then he's going to share some expert tips on Facebook retargeting and how to get started with it. This podcast was originally recorded on the Crowdcast platform, so there will be some questions coming in from the audience on that that you'll hear uh, me posing to him throughout. If you enjoy what you listen to, it'd be absolutely fantastic if you could leave us a review on the podcast platform you're choosing to digest this on. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much for coming on. Welcome to the Farfish Software Future of Rec Crowdcast. I'm your host, uh, Cameron McLennan, and uh, joining me today, I've got Gavin Bell. Um, throughout the Crowdcast today, guys, we'll be taking questions through the comments on the right-hand side, or you can click the Ask a Question button at the bottom as well, and we'll try and get through as much of them as we can as we go through. Um, so just before we go ahead and get into the questions, um, Gavin, first of all, thanks very much for uh, taking the time out to join us today. Can um, you give the, uh, the people tuning in just a little bit of a background on you and what you do? 100%. So thanks for having me. Um, I I grew up in the Shetland Islands, so as far north as you can go in the UK. Um, for those of you who don't know where it is, it's like a tiny little place with 20,000 people there. And it was very kind of remote. Everyone knows everyone. If you're not related to them, uh, you're probably friends with them. And... Um, Kind of when everyone hits the age of 18, it's either work in the oil, work in the fishing, or uh, go down south, which is anywhere south of Shetland, to go to university. And I um, I decided that I didn't want to do either of those things and found a business school down in Manchester that I studied at. It was the, it's called the Peter Jones Enterprise Academy. If you've got any Dragon's Dens fans, yeah. Dragon's Den fans in here, then um, you'll know Peter. Um, and I, I studied there. Studied there for a year. I took a business. You had to go there with a business idea, set it up, and that was working with personal trainers. I was putting personal trainers into to corporate environments to run fitness sessions and kind of well-being workshops with with um, staff. Um, and then, kind of that, I wanted to move back up to Scotland, so moved to Edinburgh. That business kind of failed, to be honest. And but during that business, I developed quite a lot of relationships with personal trainers and realized that they were terrible at marketing themselves. Okay. It was kind of a, a case of they're going after the, the average person um, who wants to lose a little bit of tummy weight or lose a bit of um, yep. flab off their arms, the kind of terms that they might use, whereas the Instagram, sorry, the personal trainer's Instagram is probably all um, rice and broccoli and six-pack abs. The messaging <laughs> wasn't, wasn't right there. Um, and so I thought there's something I could do, something I can help them in a social environment, and that's what I went and did. Um, and that quickly moved away from personal trainers to working with a wide, different um, different industry, different clients. And that then slowly moved from social media generally to Facebook advertising and okay. helping brands with their Facebook ads. And fast forward a couple of years, we're now working with um, brands across the world, everything from small chiropractic practices in the States all the way to 
uh, the likes of Aberdeen Football Club, and we're doing a bit of work with Chelsea Football Club as well right now. So Brilliant. some really cool brands, some really cool people we get to work with. And um, yeah, it's cool to be here today to hopefully help you guys do some cool stuff too. Yeah, so I think um, I think some of the um, people in the audience today will have been dabbling with Facebook. In fact, I can see Jenny there has been doing some stuff, but to let, let very little effect. So um, let's hopefully um, give her some tips in terms of how she can get a better return. Um, when taking on a job with a client, um, most recruiters will um, turn that job into some form of advert, put it up on their website, distribute it out across their social channels and maybe at a push, um, boost it on Facebook um, and just hope for the best in some instances. Um, in your view, is there is there anything wrong with that? Um, well, first of all, I want to make it clear that a recruitment agency, a recruitment business has the exact same problems and the exact same goals as any other business And when it comes to Facebook. So one of the things I like, that people often say to me is, yeah, but we're, we're different. And the thing is, we're not different. We're all trying to get, trying to do the same things, which is make people trust us, get their attention and, and get them to take some sort of action. Yep. Um, and going to the boosting thing, it's probably the number one um, concern or tactic that people are doing, which is, uh, yeah, we've boosted a few posts. We've spent 20 quid here, 50 quid here, five quid there. Um, but we've not really seen any return mm-hmm. and and there's with with mm-hmm. you might you might hear some feedback saying um do not ever use the boost button there's nothing wrong with it as long as the way that you're using it has a, a strategy or a, a thought process behind it okay and the major 99 of the time it doesn't which is why we typically see these problems of i've boosted a few posts but i've not seen the results and that's because when when people are boosting they're Typically, there's a few things that I, I see get in the way. For, firstly, is um, when you tend to boost a post, typically people are just clicking it because Facebook have told them to boost it and it's just going out to people that like their page or people like their page and their friends. So just really generic audiences. Yep. Secondly, um, people boost because of, uh, of an ego issue, okay. which is um, this post isn't doing very well, so I'm going to boost it to try and get more engagement. Uh, which is isn't what you should be doing, and we'll get in what you should be doing later. Um, and so, what we what we really want to do when we're setting up a Facebook ad campaign is set it up in a way that we can effectively cannot fail. Okay. And when we're doing that, is we're rather than just putting a post up and boosting it and hoping for the best, we're creating a campaign where we're saying, okay, what is the audience, or what what are we trying to achieve here? What audience are we trying to hit, and what messaging we're putting across? And how can we set up a campaign in the best way, making an assumption um, on who, who who should we target and what should the messaging be? So when we're creating a campaign, what I'm saying is, okay, if we're trying to hit these guys with this message, which audience is going to give us the be- biggest bang for our buck? Okay. Now, now, on Facebook, we can do things like upload an email list. So if you've got a current database of uh, potential candidates, we can upload that to Facebook and target them with an ad. Um, There's a a thing called the Facebook Pixel, which is a piece of code that you can install on your site, which means we can retarget people that have visited a website. You actually Um, did this to me, Gavin. You retarget. I have, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I visited Gavin's website the other day and jumped onto Facebook and this is what I saw. So it definitely works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like an, an amazing example of that in the recruitment space might be uh, you've got 
a certain type of job that you put up. Um, you, you've got a certain type of job that you put up. People visit that page and, and you fill the camp, you, you fill that role. Six months later, you've got the same job um, that you want to fill. That audience of people that visited that job post six months ago are probably pretty relevant to the same one here. It's maybe just the wrong time for them. Yeah. So if you if you could retarget people that visit that, um, that's going to be pretty powerful. Yeah. So that's been a, a bit of a long-winded answer, but what I'm trying to say is, when we're running a campaign, more than often people are boosting it, which is just a case of um, hoping for the best, yeah. which rarely works. Where we're in fact, when in Facebook, we can actually set up campaigns in a way that um, that aren't guaranteed to succeed, but we're setting ourselves up in the best possible way to succeed, to succeed, which is by going into the ads manager, testing different audiences, testing different creatives, using things like the Facebook pixel and uploading databases to Facebook to target them that way. Great. Um, um, Brilliant. And Mark's just saying there that sometimes when he drills down on his audience on Facebook that he still gets the wrong people liking the page. Um, any advice as to what might be going on there? Um, it's a little bit hard to say without knowing exactly what he's doing and what he means by drilling down. If, for example, Mark, you're targeting people based on their, their interests, um, so people that are interested in sports or people that are interested in you know, fishing, whatever mm -hmm. it may be, um, that whole the whole interest targeting thing engineering so by targeting people that are interested in engineering you're not you're not necessarily targeting people that are interested in engineering um the best example i can give you of this might be something like tiger woods so if you were to target um if you had if you're a golf brand and you're trying to target people uh, interested in golf you might say i want to target people that are interested in tiger woods but obviously tiger woods had that um a meltdown a few years mm -hmm. ago and so people might have been speaking about Tiger Woods in that respect doesn't necessarily mean they're a golf fan also Tiger Woods is such a big name now that I might have an interest on Facebook for Tiger Woods but I'm never going to buy any golf gear yeah and the same with engineering people might people might like their friend's page because the friend runs a, a engineering company or they might have spoken a, spoken about it in the past on Facebook for whatever reason but doesn't necessarily mean that they're the right people yeah um, and so in terms of drilling down your audience and getting people liking your page that's where things like retargeting comes is, is really powerful because you've got the like let me give you an example if you're a brand um, and I'd quite like to touch on the kind of content creation side of thing later yeah if you're if you're if you're a brand that is creating lots of content let's say it's engineering content engineering blogs and videos and you're getting lots of people onto your site because they're finding you through the likes of Google or, or, or Twitter. Maybe Google's a good example because people might be searching for something engineering related if your blog post is there, they click on it, and then you retarget the guys that have been on your website to like your page. Yeah. You know that they're going to be relevant in, in the engineering space because they visited your website and your pages about engineering. Yeah. Um, whereas that kind of broad interest of engineering is just so broad um, that it can include lots and lots of different people. Cool. Um, so one last thing on that is what you could try and do, Mark, is try and think of things in the engineering space that only people that you want to target would know about. And by that, I mean, are there any engineering magazines, authors, books, thought leaders that someone that in the engineering world would know about, but other people wouldn't know about? Uh, okay, cool. 
cool. And then generally, like that was kind of really lead on to my next question, which which was like, what what common things do you see um, that businesses are doing wrong with Facebook, like other than the like the boosted posts? Yeah, so obviously the boosted posts probably the biggest one. Um, I think another big problem is people expecting or kind of being romantic about the fact that they're putting money into this thing. Mm. Um, and because they're putting money into this thing, they deserve results. Whereas it, it's it's really not like Facebook advertising isn't the golden bullet by any means. And it's not it's not easy. You see a lot of people saying getting stupid results and therefore you think it's easy, uh, but it's really not. And I think the, one of the downfalls from a lot of people is not having their um, kind of content strategy, long-term content strategy in place first to build these audiences of people. Okay. So I want to get like an example, a good example of this is one of my clients, Scott, who runs um, the world's largest online bass guitar membership. And, and just to clarify again, I know I'm speaking of non-recruitment related clients and case studies, but the same principles yeah. apply. So Scott's been uh, creating videos for eight years now, and he's got 500,000 fans on YouTube, 300,000 likes on Facebook, um, and posts videos every single day. And because he's been creating content for so long in his industry, he's built up a massive audience and following of people. And whenever Scott comes to sell anything, um, they snap it up like that. Literally, all we need to do is put an ad in front of them saying, um, like a bass guitar strap, he releases 800 every quarter for a stupid price, over like over 100 quid. All we do is put an ad in front of people that have been on his website, watched his videos, um, signed up to his database, and they sell out instantly. It's ridiculous. Um, and so, one of the other one going back to the, your question is I think people expect because they're spending money on Facebook that they should get results, whereas often they've not done enough to deserve the results. Does that make sense? Yeah. If somebody's scrolling through their feed on feed on news, scrolling through their feed on Facebook, they're look they're speaking to friends and family. Mm. They're there to like waste time. They might be sat on the toilet, whatever. <laughs> um, and and you're you're competing against every single person on their feed. So you're competing against their friends, their family, lad Bible posting funny videos, whatever it may be. Just because you're a recruitment company or you're a business and you love your product, you think you've got the best service ever, um, you're still competing against their friends and family. So you have to create something that's good enough to get their attention. Yeah. Um, and simply putting an ad out there saying, in most cases, it's business is saying, buy my stuff. It's just not good enough. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and going back to the content side of things, a lot of people complain about the fact that Facebook's algorithm is restricting their reach. And they're going, well, I can't reach anyone on Facebook. I've got 3,000 likes, but I'm reaching like 10 people. Yep. Um, like my, I'm really sorry if this offends anyone, but my answer to that is your content isn't good enough mm. because Facebook's, Facebook's got two, three goals. Keep as many, get as many people on the platform as possible. Yep and get them to stay on the platform for as long as possible. So you, you spend an average of like an hour on Facebook a day, Facebook wants the other 23, because that means more ad revenue yeah. for them. Um, if you're creating content that keeps people on the platform and engages people on the platform, it's in their best interest to show that content to more people, because okay. it means they get more ad revenue at the end of the day. If you're creating content that 
ends people's session on Facebook or people are hiding it because of spam or they're just not consuming it at all. Facebook is going to restrict your reach because they don't want that content in front of people because it's going against what their goal is. Yeah. Um, and so as brands, as businesses, especially recruitment agencies and businesses where there probably is a slightly negative kind of um, bias that some people might have against recruitment companies, We've got to work even harder mm -hmm. to make our messaging sexy yeah. and to make it something that people actually want to engage with on Facebook. Um, Wendy's asked how important is the visual image? The visual image, I think, Wendy, is it's important because you need to grab people's attention mm -hmm. again as they're scrolling through the feed. That's not to say that we should all be spending thousands of quid pounds on having a highly produced video or to get a designer in to do that because you look at, again, you look at your feed and most of it is iPhone, yeah. show, like videos that are shown on iPhone. So I think it comes down first and foremost down to the content. Is it good enough? Um, and are people actually, do people actually want to engage in something like that? And do you think sometimes as well, Gavin, people are, are going too much for like the, the ask in terms of what I mean from a recruitment perspective is like they want an application rather than like value and high level content, like, like engineering, for example, like, I don't know, something about a new fantastic new machine that's on the scene or something like that to give value rather than wanting an application at that moment in time? I think so. If you, if you can build up a, if you can build up collateral of like, or oh, this agency is cool based yeah. on the content that they've created, then whenever you ask them to apply for the job, they're going to be much more inclined to, to sign up. Yeah. I think, I think maybe being in the job world is, is, is almost, quite lucky in a way because like people are always looking for jobs. Yeah. And so the thing that you're the thing that you're asking for quite often is something that people want. Mm -hmm. Um but it's still in terms of trust, in terms of working in a Facebook environment, you still need to be the best the best way to think about it is to think as a media company. What can we create that people want to see that has nothing to do with us? Because as soon as it has something to do with you, immediately it stops people wanting to share it unless they already have an affinity with you. My good point. And an example of that is um, my, my own vlog. So when I first started a vlog a year, a year ago, it was kind of like a day in the life of me. Um, and that was fine. I was getting a couple of thousand views, but a couple of thousand views never grew. And it was all, only people that knew me and liked me and they loved it because they got to see what I was up to but it was very hard to get people into that and to watching that yeah because why would you watch some random guy's video like if, if someone someone that I'd never heard of before didn't know came onto my news feed and it was a vlog of their life why would I watch that yeah I, I don't care who they are um, and so I started so I, I realized this and started to create content that was I don't know if anyone's seen my videos I'm still very much the main focus in the video, but my video is always about something else, whether it's hiking in Glencoe or whether it's somewhere in Scotland, whatever it may be. I'm trying to hack the things in Scotland that I know my audience find appealing and I'm almost just a presenter in that yeah. because I know then that people will share it if they love Glencoe or they love Scotland. Um, and that brings people into me regardless. Yeah. Good. Um, a great question from Alex there. She says, do you think that a low relevance score means you're targeting the wrong audience or your content is wrong? 
Um, Alex, it could be a, it could be a mix of both. Um, Facebook's re like Facebook's really simple, or or mark or sounds simple. Mark marketing, one on one, right message to the right person at the right time, and um, and we can do that on Facebook with the tools that we've got with the targeting and being able to create content. It's just getting those three things right is the hard bit. Yeah. Um, and if you do if you do get those three things right, then you're onto a winner. And so it's really hard to say. One one of the things that you can try and do, um, or when whenever we're setting up a campaign, the 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 common thing for people to do is boost it. And basically, what you're doing there is saying, I think this message is going to work to this one audience. And if it does, then great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Whereas if we're setting a campaign up, and what we should all be trying to do, it's quite hard to get this across. And here, um, is set up a campaign by saying, okay, what's the goal? Who are we trying to target? And if we've got one kind of audience, let's say it's uh, engineering people, we want to then break that engineering uh, group into different audiences. And so it might be one audience might be people that visit our website, people that have shown an interest in engineering jobs before and signed up to our database. We might try different interests uh, based in engineering, like I said before, thought leaders, authors, magazines, books, etc. And let's just say we've got five different audiences there. Yeah. And we're all we're trying those five different audiences. And then within each audience, we're trying, let's just say, three or four different adverts. Because by running that, Facebook is then trying different adverts to different people. And rather than us making an assumption on this message, I think it's going to work with this audience, we're kind of letting Facebook do the work for us. And it's it's gonna it's going to tell us whether or not it's right or wrong. Yeah. So we might find that this audience is performing really well with this message, that this audience performs really well with this other message. And then we might find that this audience just isn't performing whatsoever, so we switch it off and we reallocate the budget to the working ones. Uh, Re relevance score is an interesting one because it's it can it can give you a good... If, if a campaign isn't working, relevance score can... Um, Give you might give you a bit of an understanding on why it's not working. Uh, you can look at things like positive and negative feedback on your ads to see if are people hiding them or not. If if you've got high negative feedback, people are probably hiding them for spam. Um, but but the, but the key, the main thing I want to one thing I want people to take away is the key to Facebook advertising is, despite being a Facebook advertising expert, whatever you want to call me. I don't know if something is going to work or not, but what I do know how to do is set a campaign up in a way that we can test different things. And that's like all Facebook is, is like Alex has said, trial and error, A-B yeah. testing, split testing. All we're doing in a Facebook ad campaign is making one assumption, which is I think this audience, this message will resonate. But as soon as we've made that one assumption, we're going off and we're using the data to tell us whether or not that's, that assumption was right or wrong. And yeah. if, if we've made if that assumption is right straight away, amazing. But more often than not, it's we get it wrong first time for whatever reason, and we have to keep we have to just keep testing. So it's always, 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 always testing different audiences, testing different content, all, always testing to, to see. Sorry, and and if you're like, so if you're doing that testing, and you've maybe got four or five things running at the one time. Like, how how quick are you to react? Like, to make a decision and say, okay, that's not working. Let's cut that, and we'll just go with the other the other three or four we've got running. Is it quite quick decision for you? Um. So yeah, one of one of the hardest bits about running an ad campaign, um, especially if it's your own business and your own cash, 
is it can be quite like a an emotionally driven thing when you can see money going out but not necessarily seeing the return coming back in like I, i've seen clients switch on campaigns and switch them off within 15 minutes because they've seen no results and they spent one pound <laughs> um I, I would always say if you're if you're putting a campaign live give it like two or three days without touching it and then start making a decision on what you what you see um purely just because it's it's the Facebook machine is a very, very powerful and smart thing. And we don't necessarily need to know how it works. But what happens if you've got an ad campaign that's uh, live, and let's just say we've got an audience size of a million people, the machine of Facebook is going out into that million people and it's trying to find which people are converting best. So it's going to break that audience down into smaller audiences and try and find the groups of people that are converting best. Yeah. And when, when it finds that people, then it's going to hone your ads into that people. Um, and so that it gets smarter as time goes on. So if you put an ad campaign live and switch it off the day after, you're not really giving Facebook an, enough time to do its thing, to work its magic. Yeah. Um, so I, I tend to say two, three, two, three days to give yourself an, an understanding. Um, and you, you can kind of get an idea of if, if something is or isn't working. Cool. By then. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. One of the key things that like a lot of folk in the recruitment set that are talking about at the moment is the ability to target like really, really narrow demographics inside Facebook. They might get some really, really niche roles on and have to, you know, find people that are that are hard to find. Um how like how specific can you actually be when you're trying to target people on Facebook? You can you can be ridiculously specific. So um, things called custom audiences, which we've kind of touched on before, um, are audiences of people that have already had a touch of your brand. So examples are uh, email lists, website traffic, people that have watched your videos, people that have engaged with your page. These guys are the best guys to target because you, you know where they've come from, you know their intent already, or they've shown mm -hmm. some sort of intent, they kind of trust you already. Um, so if you're creating a campaign, you always want to look at your custom audiences first. Yeah. But in terms of getting really like narrow with them um, demographics, there's a tool when you're creating a, a an audience within Facebook. Um, you obviously fill in the location, the age, the gender, etc. And then there's the box, which is detailed targeting, um, and that's where you put in your interests, like uh, Mark was saying, uh, engineering. A common mistake that I see a lot of people doing is just filling that detailed targeting box with as many um, relevant. Okay interest that they think but what you're doing there is you're actually you're saying to facebook uh, let's let's take engineering for example if you're saying engineering construction um i don't know plumbing whatever you're, you're saying to facebook it can either be engineering or construction or plumbing so you might get some people in there that are just completely irrelevant to okay. what you're trying to do in the underneath the detailed targeting box there's a thing it says narrow audience and what it does is it'll open another detailed targeting box. So in the first one, in the first one, if you say uh, engineering and then click on narrow audience and then the second box comes up and you put in something like construction, mm -hmm. rather than saying construction or engineering, you're actually saying construction and engineering. Uh, okay. So that's going to make your audience smaller. Yeah. And you can, you can do that as many times as you like with the narrow audience to, until you get to a point. If, if, like if, if it's an engineering job, for example, and I don't know, but let's say there's three 
main engineering magazines out there. And you had magazine one, narrow audience, magazine two, narrow audience, magazine three. People that you're targeting in that audience have all shown an interest in those three mm-hmm. magazines. So they all they like all three of those uh, magazines. So you can guarantee the people that you're targeting there are going to have an interest in engineering yeah. because they've shown interest in three different magazines, which like even one magazine is pretty niche and, and narrow already. Um, so yeah, Mark's in the engineer and the manufacturer. So if you had the engineers in one detail targeting box, narrow audience, and then the manufacturer, you can guarantee the people that you're targeting there are going to be interested in, in what it is that you're trying to Brilliant. Um, that's, pitch on. That's great advice. Um, I noticed a couple of comments just higher up there as well about um, about creating like a Facebook group and trying to attract members. Um, is that something you you would recommend, Gavin, or is it something you get involved in at all, Facebook groups, or is it mainly advertising retargeting? Um, yeah, well, I've got, I've got a group myself. Um, mm-hmm. The reason being is I wanted a place purely for um, my Facebook advertising content to go. Okay. So, so I used I used to post my Facebook advertising content on my main feed, and I'm not suggesting anyone does this. I'm just telling you what I do. I used to post my Facebook advertising content on my main feed, um, and found that that did much worse than my kind of general vlogs. And so I created a group to to post my Facebook ad content in there, and if people are interested in that, they can go in there. Um, and I found through kind of my own evidences. Facebook groups are, if they're done well, they can be really, really, really powerful because you can create a community, you can create a like a tribe, a fan base of people almost. If they're done badly, they can a complete not sure waste of time. Yeah. And to be honest, how to create a good group versus a bad group, I guess it comes down to the content and, and making sure people aren't spamming in there, but it's a hard thing to do. Like really hard thing to do um for me like in recruitment i can imagine that someone who runs like a niche recruitment agency focused on one vertical like engineering for example building a group of value and that would be easier rather than someone that runs a group across five or six different verticals because you're trying to give value to all of the different people in there I can imagine yeah. the message can get a little bit a little bit uh, harder in there with that um yeah. facebook retargeting um, you've you've done it to me. <laughs> uh, can you just explain a bit more about that to people that are that are in here and some things they could be doing and, and, and how to get a return from it? Absolutely. Um, first of all, this topic makes me really excited because it's it's um, it's not just really powerful; it's also really fun as well. Just to be able to like like chase people around the internet, but not in a not in a uh, a bad way in a kind of relevant way yeah um, because again mark like marketing if we think about it, it's all about being relevant to someone and relevancy and if you can um like you visited my website i said i got i served an ad to you to say thanks for visiting my website um that's super relevant mm-hmm. that's super relevant and it's kind of evident in the way that you sent me an email about it and you, yeah and you showed everyone in, in this group like it's, it's worked um so like essentially retargeting is that if anyone's been to the likes of amazon they've looked at a pair of shoes or a dress or whatever it may be, they've gone back to Facebook or they've gone anywhere and that ad for that same product has followed them around the internet. It's the exact same concept. You've been tracked on the website and then served an ad elsewhere. Um, and we can we can do that within Facebook and it's it's super easy. So the, the, the retargeting that people are probably used to is website retargeting. 
and it's done by uh, putting a small piece of code called the Facebook pixel uh, onto your website and don't freak out when I say code because it's super easy. I'm not a coder, I don't know any code, um, but installing the pixel is really easy. You go into your ad account, you, you press copy and, and either just send the code to your web person or um, install it on your site using a, a WordPress plugin or, or whatever you want to use. I've, I've got, if you type in uh, Gavin Bell Facebook Pixel on YouTube, there's tons of free videos and stuff there and a couple of that I've done. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so the piece of code goes on your site. It means if anyone visits your website, you can then serve them an ad on Facebook. That traffic that visits your site stays. You can retarget them for up to 180 days. Wow. So even if you're not planning to target people um, on Facebook with retargeting, I strongly, strongly, strongly uh, advise that you get the pixel installed on your site just because it means you're you're effectively building um, like an invisible email list mm. so everyone is trying to build a database and an email list with with the Facebook pixel you're effectively doing that but you're not able to email them or see who's in that list but you've still got a, an, an audience of people that have shown some sort of intent yeah that you can retarget retarget them to um, so so that's retargeting its basic form, the pixel on the site, you can then retarget them with an ad. There's also retargeting in uploading a database to Facebook. There's also retargeting in uh, somebody's watched your video, retarget them there, engage with your page. Now with, with Instagram business pages, we can retarget people that have watched a, a video on Instagram onto Facebook. Um, loads and loads and loads of different options. It's all, if you, if you wanna find out a little bit more Facebook custom audiences into Google and that's what they're they're called really? and how can recruiters use it um, just off the top of my head things like if I, if, I, if you've got a job going live then you can email people the relevant people about that job but you can also upload that database to Facebook and, and serve and them at the same time so they're getting your your message on you know, and on Facebook um, if you have visited, if if you've got a page about a specific job, you can retarget people that have visited that specific job page to um, come back to the site, for example. So like going back to the recruitment agencies are exact same as everyone else. A, a good example of how this works in e-commerce is if somebody visits a, a page on their site, like a, uh, let's say a page for a handbag, mm -hmm. but they don't buy, we can retarget them on Facebook to say, here's our different colors, if you're interested in, yeah. in a different color. Or if somebody visits a sales page, but doesn't buy, or the job page, remind them to come back. Because they might have visited that job page when they were, like I say, on the toilet. <laughs> They're not gonna apply apply for it right there, but if, if they visited that page on the toilet, and then you retarget them with an ad, whilst they're sat at their desktop the next day, yeah. Um, then we, we don't know what, what people are doing when they visit and we can't make an assumption just because people have visited and not applied or or bought something or whatever it may be but that it was because they weren't interested. But it wasn't for them, yeah, yeah, they're really good. Exactly. Um, um, so th those are the two things that go off the top of my head and then obviously the last one is um, if we've got this kind of long-term content strategy, thinking like a media company, we're building an audience of people already, and then we can retarget people that have watched our videos and consumed our content. Brilliant. And Matt's just saying there, I think um, 
I think we've maybe touched on this at the start. We're saying, do you think Facebook is the place for a job ad or would it be more beneficial to advertise the website for people to look at a range of jobs rather than just one? So I guess it's round about the giving them value. And I guess it does that sort of depend if you hit someone at the right time or not, I guess, as well. Like if they're absolutely looking for a move at that moment in time, then we might get lucky with a, with a job advert. But if they've never come across your brand before, don't know who you are, perhaps maybe something of value would be would be better at that yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's two ways to look at it. There's one of the things that we should all be doing is just creating this valuable content yeah. all the time because um, then we've got this audience. Whenever we need to call upon this audience, we've got it there. Mm-hmm. Although, if you've, if you've got a job, then absolutely try and try and target that that job to people on Facebook when you need it filled because like you said there might be someone that's dying to move career there and then that we, we might just happen to hit yeah um to to just i think matt might also be meaning here is should he post the job directly on facebook or, or link it off to the website <sighs> um it's a good question it's a good question because I'm a big fan of, or an advocate of giving people the content where they want to see it or on what platform they're on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to relate this back to what I do, for all my YouTube videos, I post them directly onto Facebook and upload them as a video on Facebook as opposed to linking people to YouTube. And because of that, I get a much bigger reach on Facebook. Yeah. Um, at the same time, if you're giving people content on Facebook and they're not clicking through, you're not able to pixel them and retarget them. Uh, and so it's kind of a it's a way up there I would probably suggest if you're doing an ad at least direct people to your website but give enough context in the ad that if they want to take the action there and then they can take the action and then so give them the choice yeah that's what I'd say to that yeah. if that was the question you're um, asking that cool and then um, so some people in here will probably spend um quite a bit of money with the job boards uh, on advertising. Um, some folk will be spending thousands and thousands of pounds a year on job boards to try and get talent. Um, and Karen's uh, just t- saying there that she finds that recruiting for call center staff and stuff like that on Facebook is far more beneficial than the job boards at the moment. Um, do you think there's maybe an opportunity for people to reduce their job board spend if they get Facebook right? I think so. Like, especially for something like uh, a call center job where I worked in a call center um, whilst I was setting a business up. And from from my point of view, the people that work in there, um, or, or that call center at least, was casual work. And it was um, people that were just looking to earn a bit more money, work in the evening, or choose when they want to work. So no set hours. Yep. I think something like that is perfect for Facebook because you can think of those type those types of people they're probably um, massively generalizing here but they're probably younger people maybe at university that just want a bit more money yep and where do you want to find them mm. you're going to find them on the mobile um and so i think if you're if it's a job like that facebook absolutely because the types of people are there um and if they see if they were to see that ad then um are you saying you were always on facebook when you were working <laughs> uh, <laughs> well i i'm the i I am the worst employee you could ever imagine. Um, so when I was working in the call center, I was actually just like building the website for the business I'm running now. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so I mean, I think there there hundred percent is the chance of um, using Facebook and, and reducing job board spend because we've we've run recruitment campaigns in the past for people. It was casual work again, um, but literally all we had to do was this was a campaign uh, in London, targeting young people in London, saying earn something like ten pounds or twelve pound an hour, whatever it was, uh, and we got heaps of people applying for that just because we were giving them the content where they were spending their time. It was casual work. And um, it was a no-brainer for them to sign up, really. Yeah, cool, cool, brilliant. Um, Chris has asked, um, what defines good content in your eyes, Gavin? What makes it high quality and gets a post more reach? Good question. That is a great question. Um, and it's a question I love because, and why I love video so much is because it's so subjective and there is no right or wrong answer to that. Um, I think it's a, a case of, well, if you look at any YouTuber, um, including myself, and go back to my first video or their first videos, they're all terrible. Um, and the chances are when you first start creating content, it's probably going to be terrible too because you're not really sure how to do it. You're not really sure who you're targeting. You're not really sure from like an SEO perspective what you're doing. You're just not really sure yeah. what you're doing. And I'm again, I'm massively generalizing here, but this is kind of what my journey was. Um, but you just have to start and you just have to kind of embrace that messy of, um, I'm just going to create and see what happens. You're, you're throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks. And if I go like fast forward a year now, so I've been doing my own vlogs for a year, some of the lessons that I've learned, which might apply, are um, I've made my content not about me at yep. all, even to the point where it's kind of uh, uncomfortable, where like the titles of my videos might be things like Scottish guy tries this or guy in Scottish YouTuber does this because I know that's what somebody might be typing in, like Scottish, as opposed to um, here's me jumping in the sea. It's Scottish YouTuber tries jumping in the sea. So you want to make your content uh, not about you and about you're, you're making the audience the hero. So who is it that you're trying to hit and what, what are they interested in? What problems do they have? And, and answer yeah, those. I like So in fact, here, here's, here's some, sorry, uh, Carmen, here's something really practical that anyone can do um, for creating good content, which is which questions are you getting asked all the time? So in the practice, what questions do you get asked all the time? It might be price. It might be, how do I find a job? How do I write a CV? I don't know, you'll have questions that you just get asked all the time. You're answering by email, you're answering by phone calls. Those questions, use those to form the title of your blog or your video, and then just answer the question in the yeah. content. Um, that's great because we know people are asking for it. Secondly, it saves you time because you don't have to answer it all the time. You can just send them to your content. Um, and thirdly, from an SEO perspective, if people are asking you it, chances are they're typing it into Google yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, I think as well, like quite often re recruitment agencies, um, agency owners and, and recruiters might be dealing with, um, for example, a HR manager or a HR director inside an organization because they maybe have um, some control over the recruitment spend. But if you're 
if your placing of staff inside that organization overcomes the challenges of the marketing director or the chief technical officer or something like that, maybe target some content towards them because if they get a hold of it and they go, oh, this person here writing about how they're going to overcome this challenge in the marketing of this or the technical aspects of this, then they'll go back to the HR director or the HR manager and say, you need to go and speak to this person because they're talking about overcoming this challenge. Um, 100%. Cool, awesome. So, um, there used to be a, a feature in Facebook. It's still there, but the the functionality of it's been reduced massively. Uh, where we could actually, and I'm so annoyed about this because I would I loved it and it would work so well for the recruitment spaces. We used to be able to retarget, uh, sorry, target people based on where they work and what job title they had in their Facebook, um, and that was removed. I don't even know what day it is, but um, uh, let's say a month ago it was removed, uh, basically because. It was pulling the information from people's Facebook profiles. So when you create your profile, you say where you work and what your job title was. Um, and so I would have director of Bluepip Media. People could target people that worked at Bluepip Media. Uh, people were putting in offensive stuff, basically. And um, so Facebook just wiped out that whole feature because it was then you were able to target people based on these uh, offensive terms. I read about this. Yeah. Yeah, now they've brought it back, but it's very limited. So you used to be able to target literally any business at all. And now you can only target like massive corporations. So you can target things like BBC News and things. Uh, you can still, yeah, you can still target industries. Uh, you just can't target, to answer Mark's question, you just can't target uh, the majority of businesses as a employer, employer okay. uh, or job titles. Cool. Um, and can you give us an example of a, a really, really successful campaign that you've run in the past? It doesn't have to be recruitment related. Yeah, um, I'm going to give you the, exa of the example of Scott. So I think Scott, um, one of my clients, Scott, because he's, I think he's a prime example of how to do it right. Um, so Scott, Scott Devine, scottsbaselessons.com. Um, that's a good question, Shane. I'll answer that in a minute. ScottSpaceLessons.com. He's, he's the world's uh, largest bass guitar membership site. There's, uh, I think, over over eleven thousand members in there. Um, so, start his story kind of starts off with he's been creating video content, mm -hmm. so lessons on how to play the bass for like eight years or something. Um, so he's been consistently creating content, which has helped him amass this huge audience of half a million subscribers on YouTube, etc. And so that he's, he's got the fundamentals in place of building an audience, providing value upfront, asking for nothing, um, and has built a huge fan base of this. And, and by the way, his fans and anyone that creates content for such a long period of time amasses fans that are obsessed. And when fans are obsessed with you, they'll do anything you want them to do. Um, so Scott's been doing that. And, and what we do in Scott's campaigns, honestly, is so simple. But because he's got that infrastructure there and, and he's been doing the fundamental things, it just makes it so easy. So um, we've got a campaign running for Scott all the time, never stops running, where we retarget people that have been on his website, his email list, uh, watch his videos, engage with his page, watch his uh, Instagram videos, uh, and we retarget them to join his membership, which is a 14-day free trial. Uh, and we acquire new customers at around $17 Per person, uh, and they're worth one hundred and seventy dollars as an up as an upfront fee. Um, 
but we've also got like a longer term funnel running there as well so what we'll do sometimes is, is promote out his lessons to more people so boost his lessons out to more people that have never heard of him based on things like um interests so different base magazines uh and uh base players and different types of bass guitars kind of like we spoke yep. about in the engineering space push those videos out to more people we're aware that when they're seeing that audience or when they're seeing that video it's probably the first time that they've ever heard of scott yep. so the chances of them signing up to a 14-day free trial are very very slim yep. and they don't do it so rather than asking them to sign up to the 14-day free trial what we'll do is we'll give them this free piece of content, which is a video lesson or a, a link to his site for a lesson there. Um, and then we retarget them and offer them something for free again, but this time in return for um, their email address. Cool. So Scott, Scott's got a, what he calls his bass guitar toolkit, which is just like a ton of free lessons and courses and stuff that he's built up over the time that people can access for free in return for his email address. And then that means he go, they go into an email sequence where they're getting emails from him. We then retarget the people on Facebook that have downloaded the lead magnet to his 14-day free trial. Cool. Okay. So by the, by, the time, by the time they get that ad, they've seen a video lesson from him on Facebook. They've hopefully consumed it. They've then downloaded his toolkit and have hopefully consumed the content in there. And then by the third time that they see us, we're offering them a 14-day free trial to his membership site. Um, and I think the, the CPA on that last one for the toolkit is something like ten dollars for one hundred and seventy dollars. <laughs> wow! Um, so I think yeah, I think it's I think so. The the lessons to take there are get your fundamentals in place in terms of content creation, um, but also be mindful of who it is you're targeting, what um, mindset they're in when they're on Facebook. So they're there to speak to friends and family, and you're competing against that, but also be wary of what they're going to think of you yeah. because quite frankly, um, I don't care how good a recruitment company you are, how good your brand is. People don't care who you are yeah. and you've got to make them care through your content. So you've got to be mindful of that. And then when you're putting an ad in front of them, like be mindful of the language that you're, that you're using as well. So with Scott and like with me, um, I take the approach of being really personable. I'm trying to, so when you got that ad from me after visiting my website, it's like, hey, thanks for visiting my website, smiley face. Yep. Um, it's almost like it's not an ad. And I wasn't asking you to do anything in that ad either. I just wanted to, to say hello. Um, and that just runs that runs forever. So I, I think I can't really remember what the question was. No, I think that's gone off. But this one, it was an example of a campaign that you've run. And I think one of the key things with that example that you gave there was it was there was a value, value, value ask rather than just ask like straight away which i think is really really yeah. interesting and i think like a lot of um i think that's key like good good content you need to have good content behind this to back it up otherwise you're just driving them to nothing really which is really really interesting um shane just we'll go back to shane's question so um shane's very well known um right. uh, to do with stuff on facebook he created a, a a tool that allows people to search on facebook it's really really cool um so um is there is there a way to target a specific person um they're kind of they're kind of is yeah um you could do things like if you wanted to target a specific person it was easier when you had like the workplace targeting, etc. Because I could say oh, I wanted to target uh, Wendy, 
So I'm going to go on Wendy's Facebook. I'm going to have a look at where she studied, where she works, um, her relationship status maybe. And then I could just say I want to target people that work at um, Firefish. And um, I, feel, I feel like I've dug a hole here because I'm going to then be like Wendy's relationship status and I don't actually know it. But you get, you get the point. You get Maddie, the point. don't drop it in there for um, you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get the point. So I could um, I could go in and look at somebody's feed, see what sort of things they've got, and then try get an ad there. Um, also, you could Shane, you could do things like uh, if you know where they are, like a circumference of of um, their location. Like I say, it was much easier when I could just target people based on like where they worked. Yeah. Because then I could say they worked for like um, Blue Cliff Media. There's only one person in Bluetooth Media, so I know that I'm going to get the ad. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, so you're basically building an audience around about you know that they're the only person that does that from the audience that you're building, so therefore you can deliver it to, to them based on that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Exactly. Cool. Um, Sorry, Wendy. <laughs> um, if I'm a recruiter that's never really spent any money on Facebook before, but I'm thinking about doing it, a couple of quick bullet points in terms of things that they would, they would consider. Yeah. Um, so a couple of cheap wins or free wins, get the pixel installed on your site because it immediately just gives you the ability to retarget, whether that's target retargeting on a specific job post or just retargeting your whole website. Um, quick win. And also, if you're spending money on Facebook, you can literally start from a pound a day. So there's no uh, kind of budget things here. If your website traffic is low, like that, that ad that you uh, got from me, mm -hmm. That's just an ad retargeting people that have visited my website in the last 24 hours. So it's not a huge number of people. Yep. And I just run that campaign at one pound a day um, just to, to show up basically on people's feed. It's really interesting because I've told loads of people about that. So if you think about like the yeah. impact that that has, it's very, very effective for like for not a big budget. Yeah, and, and my philosophy when it comes to, to Facebook is that um, I don't ever have to sell to people if you go on my Facebook newsfeed, you'll see no salesy messages whatsoever. Because I don't think I've ever done it. Um, because I know that if people watch my video, they see that it's got a lot of views. They then get retargeted to say, thanks for watching my video. They know I'm, I'm showing them that I know what I'm doing by showing them as opposed to telling them that I can do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so for quick wins, Facebook Pixel is a, a definite Second one would be probably around the content. So like I said before, what questions are you asked most often? And I guarantee you'll be able to come up with like 50 questions yeah. straight off the bat. And that gives you a year's worth of content, yeah. both video and written, and then just start posting it. And as you start to post it, you'll probably see that you get no engagement um, at the start. Like no one will read it, no one will share it. But if you, keep, if you do that every week from now, or because 2018 is coming up, I'll give you a month to, to come up with your content ideas. <laughs> if you start from the 1st of January to the end, to 1st of January 2019, I guarantee that you'll have learned so much over that year that your content will get better and better and better, and you'll get more and more uh, likes, comments, shares, and ultimately, I guess, uh, applications or whatever it is action that you want to take. Brilliant. Great, Gavin. Look, really, really appreciate you joining us today. Um, if people want to uh, get in touch after this to have a chat about things, um, what is the best way for them to contact you? Uh, you can find my website, uh, mrgavinbell.com. Uh, 
that's the best place to find me. Brilliant. If you want to follow me on social and watch any of my videos, it's at Mr. Gavin Bell again. Just type in Mr. Gavin Bell on face on Google, I'll come up. Um, but Facebook's probably the the best place if you want to if you want to watch the videos. Um, Great. And there should be a link on that Facebook page to join the Facebook group as well if you want some free uh, free content. Brilliant, guys. Uh, brilliant, Gavin. Thanks very much. And um, if anyone tuned in slightly later, there'll be a recording available after this on here, and we'll also upload it onto YouTube as well. And if you want to see how to create an awesome Facebook recruitment campaign, you can click the green button below, pop in your details, and we'll get that sent over to you uh, shortly. Um, Gavin, once again, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Thoroughly appreciate it. Um, it's been great having yeah, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've had fun. All right. Had fun. Thanks, everyone, for joining us as well. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye.